Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hi. You're rolling with Jason and John, 92.9 FM ESPN. First day of November. Moving, moving and grooving through 2022. Grizzlies fall again. Again, yes, at Utah. We all had higher hopes. Certainly, Grizzlies go in as a favorite. But no Desmond Bain. John Morant looked good, but it wasn't enough. He didn't get enough help in that loss to Utah last night. Grizzlies now losers of two in a row. We'll try to salvage the road trip or at least go two and two with a win over Portland tomorrow. We'll get all in it. It's not the Grizzlies we're used to. A lot of guys in the rotation now that – uh, you won't see throughout the season. So I, 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 I what's that I smell? Mm. Is that, is that concern? I smell about about the Memphis Grizzlies. Perhaps I was listening to Jeff. Maybe some some concern in the air. I didn't smell it, John. Despite the loss last night, I didn't smell it on my way into work. It certainly wasn't in the car. Yeah, uh, we'll get into it. We'll uh, certainly that is going to be a topic of discussion today, ladies and gentlemen. The Memphis Grizzlies go down once again to the Utah Jazz. No Desmond Bain last night. Um, is there something going on that's deeper? Uh, we'll get into that, uh, share what we think about the Memphis Grizzlies. This is the nature of what we do. It's an 82-game season. This is game number seven. We come on here and we say the Grizzlies are amazing. The Grizzlies are terrible game to game, right? That is the nature of the business. So we will share which side of the spectrum we fall on uh, here momentarily. Uh, Jessica Benson's going to join us at 1125. We'll talk to her about the game last night, about the – uh, West Coast road trip that has not gone well. That has not gone well so far for the Grizzlies and more uh, at 11.25. Then at 1.25, moving some things around. Jeff Calkins will be on demand today at 1.25. So that is the show today. Looking forward to it. Uh, it's Tuesday, start of the week. Let's get it. Cap or no cap? Cap. It means lion, but built different. Now, it's cap. I'm going to say cap. Or no cap. I'm going to say that that's no cap. On 92.9's Jason and John Show. John, we'll throw it over to you to start. You're pushing the explosion button on the Grizzlies. Is that cap or no cap? Uh, Obviously, that's cap. Um, You know, this is a long season. I'm going to come on here and I'm going to... Pull back the curtain. There are 82 games. Oh, that's right. In the regular season, um, and I just don't get into the. I, you know, I don't. I think in college basketball, for example, a seven-game sample is much more representative of of a season and, and a trajectory and a way it's going to go. If the Tigers start three and four, right, or if any given college basketball team starts three and four, four and three, or two and five, you get the gist. Um, it tends to have more lasting effects tends to be realer than um you know than than its professional counterpart um 
The Grizzlies did not have John Morant in the first game against the Utah Jazz. They did not have Desmond Bain in the second game against the Utah Jazz. And I would not have picked the Grizzlies in either of those games. I know they were technically favored in both of those games. I would not have put a single dollar on the Grizzlies in those games. Their road, their road games against a Utah Jazz team that is playing uh, above its skis right now uh, for pride, no question about it. Grizzlies are banged up. Long road trip. I want no part of that. Um, so, no, I, I, I just don't think today is the day to do this. You know, could there be a day? I, I, I think it's a reminder. I think it's a, a humbling reminder not to get too high with a, a 4 and one start or any given five-game stretch that you go 4 and one because it comes back around most times in an NBA season. Um, and that, that applies to a losing streak as well. If you go one and four, you know, don't go crazy. Don't overreact in an NBA regular season. I mean, we, we could do this exercise right now. We can go to the standings right now. Let's look at the Western Conference. Okay. Well, the Grizzlies eighth right now in four and three. They're eighth. Okay, the Thunder are three and three. The Mavs are three and three. The Warriors are three and four. The Clippers are three and four. Do we think that the Warriors are really a sub-500 basketball team? Do we really think the Clippers are a sub-500 basketball team? No, we think both of those teams are – well, one of those teams won the championship a year ago, mm-hmm. and the other was the preseason betting favorite to win the NBA championship. Um, over in the East, it's a little realer, I would say. Like what you see, the Bucks are 6-0. and They're going to be there at the end. The Celtics are 4-2. and They're going to be there at the end. Um, but the Western Conference right now, to me, it's a, it's a funhouse mirror. Um, you know, Trailblazers – First place in the West, no Damian Lillard, not real. Jazz six and two, not real. Spurs five and two, not real. Um, so I, I I just think it's a lesson um, to really never overreact to. Like if the Grizzlies were seven and zero right now, I would say it's a long season. They're gonna lose, um, and 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 they're four and three right now. And I'm gonna say they're gonna be fine. They're gonna get Jaron back. They're gonna get Desmond Bain back. John Morant's continuing to be brilliant. Um, I'm not panicking. I'm not even. I'm not even entertaining it. I'm not even entertaining it. It's 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 November first, man. Mm-hmm. Right. It's November first, and that would apply again both sides of the spectrum. If the Grizzlies were undefeated, if they were three and four right now, I would say it's November first. Um, so I think it's just a caution. It's a caution not to you know be too dramatic about these you know seven games at 82, man. That's that's nothing. You know, let's sit back and let it happen. You didn't leave much for me uh, other than the fact that uh, you mentioned that Bain was out and you didn't have Ja for the first one. I mean, right now it's sort of patchwork. What are we talking about here? Yep. That's that, And I've said it. It's game to game until Jaron gets back. You're just trying to pile up as many wins as possible. Yeah. Remember Thanksgiving last year, right at day after your 9-10 and 10 after a loss to Atlanta. What yep. are we talking about here? Yep. Grizzlies are 4-3 and three without key pieces, and they've had guys in and out. This rotation is not what it will be. Obviously, you're hoping these minutes for Santi and some of this, you know, maybe even Roddy, although I, I I wouldn't bank on it, but maybe they pay off down the road. Certainly for Santi, they will. He'll be a part of that second unit, obviously. Um, again, we will judge this team when it's closer to whole. And you may never be whole all season long. We saw that last year. You only you had the core for what's 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 the number, the percentage Giannato had, 13% of the season. Mm-hmm. You had all of your guys. And so, again, anything other than it, panic, even even crazy, con, uh, excuse me, even even a, a, a concern at this point I feel like is, is, is strong because, again, you're just trying to hold down the fort till Jaron gets back. Ja's been tremendous. You know what I'm saying, and, and I realize that can mm-hmm. that gets glossed over a lot because we're getting used to this. Last night he had 37 on 12 of 18, super efficient. He didn't have any help. 
Bain's sitting there. He can't play. You know, he's out that game. And they, they, they just don't have a rotation strong enough to, again, match a Utah team. John, you're right. I, I don't feel like it's real. But Utah's playing very well right now. They are. Well, I mean, yeah. you made Laurie Markkinen right now look yeah. like an all-star. Yeah, defensively, you are dead last in the NBA. Mm-hmm. This is not the Grizzlies. And I see Taylor over there frustrated, calling the timeouts. That was the best second-quarter team. It's been the best second-quarter team in the NBA this year, and that's where they ran off on you. Taylor's trying to stop it with the timeouts, but, again, it's patchwork. You know, you're, you're, you're hitting those reins and trying to, trying to get that horse to play better defensively, but look what you've got out there last night, even Steven Adams, who's trying to close out, yep. putting more effort in it after Saturday night. You saw it. Yep. Surely it's one of the things Taylor had been on him about, but you lose him to a jaw injury. Dude, it's patchwork right now. You're four and three. And what did we say going into the ro- this road trip? A lot, and we said Dame wasn't playing at last game. Oh, this looks good. This is a Utah team we don't believe is real. It's never as easy as it looks, mm-hmm. and these stretches are never they're a lot of time, never as hard as they look. That's the NBA. That's where we're at right now. Yeah, I I I think there are. Do I have some preliminary questions about the uh, the the rotation at large? Of course, preliminary. I would emphasize because we haven't really seen it yet. No, Jaron um, and guys in and out of the lineup. Zaire is going to be a huge right, part of the second. Right. You know mm-hmm. that that rotation you know, that, in the that, second that, unit. That could you would be figure part of the question. His availability, right? Sure. Uh, and I and I and I do think there is a there is a juncture where availability is a question. Whether that applies to Jaron Jackson Jr., whether that applies to Zaire Williams or whoever else, right? Um, you know, David Roddy is a guy who is getting minutes right now. He would not otherwise be getting if the team were whole. Um, so I I think it's again it's 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 a little difficult to analyze fully. What we're seeing, I, I, I would be maybe I'll, I would be more concerned if we weren't, if there wasn't a feeling in the air like you're going to see Jaron Jackson here pretty soon, and I, I bet this month. Yeah, you know what I mean. If, if it was further, yeah. to, if we if it was cloudier, if you didn't know, if we felt like he'd had a setback recently, he hasn't. That's that's clear. Yep. Feels like you're going to get him back this month, and again, help feels like it's on the way. Tonight is the college football playoff announcement. This is the first ranking, and there are six unbeaten teams in college football, which sort of creates a lot of debates. Obviously, the SEC stacked at the top there with Tennessee and Georgia. Uh, It'll be at 6 o'clock on ESPN. Tennessee will be the number one team in the uh, college football playoff ranking. Is that cap or no cap? They should give it to Tennessee. I'm gonna I'm gonna go. They do the right thing. And yeah, say it's I mean no that's cap. really what it's what it comes down to. They have the best yeah. resume right now. It's fair with the ranked teams they beat. Sure. I mean that is, the, and they have the best win in the country. Period. Yeah, whole, best resume yeah, and best yeah. win over Alabama. That's, That's right. right. I mean that is that is a that is that pretty is simple. A They've point. earned it. Yes, I agree. Um, you know Georgia's resume not nearly as impressive. They are number one by default. You know because they've. They've been number one. Now, I guess you could argue, I mean, that, that Oregon win looks better and better by the day. It does. I will say that. But, again, I have, we talked about this yesterday. Like, you can't go crazy over Pac-12 teams when they look awesome against other Pac-12 teams because the Pac-12 sucks. Aside from Oregon, Georgia's FBS opponents are combined 22-26. Only yep. South Carolina is above So, I mean, look, if yeah. this is a looking forward so, thing, spinning forward thing, I think you have to almost throw the, the, the current rankings out. I mean, Tennessee, this, it's not even – there is no debate on whose resume is the best. Um, that's backed up. They beat Pitt on the road when Pitt was ranked. They beat Florida. They beat LSU when LSU was ranked number 25 in the country. At their place, demolished them. Uh, they beat Alabama number th- when they were number three. Or I guess this is not – yeah, this is when they what they were ranked at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they obviously undressed Kentucky 44-6 to over the weekend. So, yeah, I mean, it's not just, by the way, that they're you know winning these games. In some cases, uh, they're destroying these ranked teams. And uh, they're looking – 
amazing in the process. Yeah. You know, that's the thing is like, you, you know, that's what these style points matter. Yeah. In these, in these, uh, in, in these rankings. Um, so yeah, I, I will say Tennessee is number one tonight. I, I don't know how you could really argue if you're just saying, okay, who's the, not who the voters have right now, and we're just going to go with that, but who the best team in America is based on resume. Yes. Is it's Tennessee. Now, Georgia's going to win this weekend. That's what I think. I think Georgia's going to win this weekend. Um, really tough ask. I mean, this is, this is even bigger than playing Alabama because you're at Georgia. You're in Athens, and they have that championship DNA. Um, and, and, and that doesn't mean that I don't think Tennessee can you know, find a way. I don't know what their path to the SEC uh, championship would have to look like. I guess they'd have to they, – they would not be able to make it then if they lose this weekend, correct? They would not have a path to the SEC championship. Georgia ain't losing two games. Mm-hmm. You're talking about Georgia. Yeah. Like I'm saying, if Tennessee loses to Georgia this weekend. They'll likely be out. You're right, if they were to lose a couple. Yeah, yeah this, is their, this is for the spot in the championship game. In the SEC championship, yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, it, you could lose one and, fi- and then go undefeated and get enough style some points. Collapse, but, right. I mean, Georgia, Georgia would yes. have to. They're well, not losing two. But, but you bring up a good point. What if they lose to Georgia and then you just beat the hell out of everybody on the rest of your schedule and then somehow TCU loses and, and you get some losses across the board? No, Maybe I'm, saying the the, I'm, sa- I'm saying as it relates to the SEC, not oh, as, the okay. college football playoff. Because Tennessee ain't getting into the college football playoff if they don't even get into the SEC championship. Barring game. a Georgia meltdown, yeah, this yes, is it. This is their season. The spot. Okay. Yeah. Which is, like, is kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy to consider because, and it's a little. I feel a little bad for Tennessee in you that could regard. Say, could, you could say, should they? I guess is a question I would. Yeah, throw I mean, out because there. I mean, Tennessee's beaten better teams. What if you have a close loss against Georgia? I guess is I'm throwing that. They out. still own the head to head. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be they're they're going to be in the SEC title game. Yeah, if they beat you and they don't, if they if they beat you and they don't lose two games, they're yeah. getting in just because of the standings, right? They're going to be first place in SEC East. You have lost to them. You you could sweep the rest of the way. They're going to play Alabama in the SEC championship game, which is just like it's kind of it sucks for Tennessee that their season comes down. They can beat Alabama. They can beat Kentucky. They can beat LSU. They well, can if beat. Pitt. If, if they were going to be number one in the East, they were going to have to beat Georgia. No, I mean, you're that, right. that was I mean, going to be the deal. Yeah, Georgia was always going to be what it is, and that yeah. was at the top of the East. If you want yes. it, yes. it th- this year to go into it, remember, and expectations have changed, but it was about being number two. Can you establish yourself as number two? N- that's changed now. Mm-hmm. If you want to go be number one and represent the East. You got to go beat them. Yeah, no, it's like it's, it's almost. So, I mean, that's the, the the goals have changed now for Tennessee because right. of how dominant they've been. Yes. but it was never this to yes. start the year. Yeah, right. it was be number two in the East. Remember, yes, establish yourself no, as that's, that. That's totally be fair. above Kentucky and Florida and show yourself that you're you're yeah. back as that. Don't go don't go take over the East. No, you're right. Now they're in a position to do so because you've you've got if you've they gotten, take it in the hedges. It's like it's, hedges. it's almost mm-hmm. like I didn't come this far just to get this far. Kind of a thing with Tennessee football right now, right? Like. If I'd have told you before the season started they're going to be Alabama, but they're not going to be in the SEC title game, that's a tough one. I have talked that's myself tough. into they're going to beat Georgia this weekend. I I, I it fe- I know that sounds a little crazy to some, but um, I mean I I do think it's more than style points at this point with that if, offense. If Georgia doesn't get pressure, yep. on Hooker, it they're going, Tennessee's going to be all up in that game. Yeah, look, I mean it's a very evenly matched game. Um, you know, I know Georgia hasn't done it against great opponents here, but essentially the 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 offenses are identical. Tennessee's averaging a few more points a game because they hung up, you know, ninety five on yeah. Tennessee Martin. Beyond that, it's pretty identical. And Georgia's only allowing two hundred sixty two yards a game defensively. Mm-hmm. They are far and away the best defense that Tennessee 
has seen this year. Alabama is a shell of itself defensively. I don't think they're going to run the ball much. I don't think Small's going to do what he normal. I think they're going to change it up a little bit here. Well, what the know? the path for Tennessee against Alabama was they just kept going to that height kid time and yeah. time and time and time and time and yes. time again. And well, that's going to be tougher to guard because you got Cedric uh, back out there. Yeah, you know, it, t- Georgia. I just feel like will not allow that. I don't think they're going to give up the big plays that Alabama's defense was willing to give up yeah. for whatever reason. So. Um, I, I get it. Uh, you know, Tennessee is a is a great story. You know, they they come out of nowhere here and and uh, are are the story of college football. But I do think Georgia, I, they're number one tonight. Yep. But I think Georgia puts it into it uh, on Saturday. That's just where I'm at with it. To the NFL last night on Halloween night in Cleveland, uh, the Browns threw three quarters. They were up 25. <laughs> 25 nothing through three quarters. I mean, they dominated this game. Thirty two thirteen. The final over the Bengals. We know nothing about the NFL. Is that cap or no cap? Well, I mean, I think uh, you can just look at Patty's record. We know a lot about the NFL. Um, we're only, what, uh, eight games below 500? Yeah, no, the NFL is... is uh, wow. Who, who would have thought that the Cincinnati Bengals, who go to the Super Bowl out of nowhere, uh, can't beat the Browns? Joe Burrow's 0-4 against the Cleveland Browns. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think what you saw last night, for example is that uh, they are just not equipped to play without Jamar Chase. Like, they, they missed yeah. him. They missed him badly last night. I mean, they, really, they, they were really never in that game at any point. Um, I guess they blocked the field goal from the Browns there. That was the only time you felt like, okay, here we go. Yeah. But they couldn't get anything going on the ground with Mixon. T. Higgins didn't do anything until late garbage time touchdown. Oh, and Amari gave him a gift with that uh, end-around pass thing with the interception he threw, and they yeah. still didn't do anything with it. You know, Amari Cooper was acquired for a fifth-rounder. Jeez. I mean, I know it's like it's hindsight. He made up for it later on. That catch yeah. was unreal. Mm-hmm. That catch where he just basically sucked it out of the air. He's skilled. Yep. He's unreal. Like, can't throw and appear last just, night. Wait, him and Deshaun are going to be a problem. Bro, I was about to say, like, I looked at this last night and it ain't going to happen. I understand that. But you can bet on the Browns right now plus 10,000 to win the Super Bowl. That's yeah, it's never going to happen. It ain't going to happen, but th- it, they but should the not be, is, yeah, they you're should gonna not be plus 10,000. Yeah, Deshaun's not going to be ready to do that by the time he gets back. I don't know. Like, what, I was trying to think, like, what's the play on the Browns? I don't know. Like, is it to win the North? I mean, is that the play on them? I think they could. I mean, they're deep, they're loaded on both sides of the ball. You got the number one rusher in the NFL. You got a great receiving uh, weapon now in Amari Cooper. Doesn't look like they're going to trade Kareem Hunt, or at least they haven't to this point. That's all he was asked about after the game. Yeah, I don't know. It kind of felt like they were showcasing him a little bit last night, but you got to find a partner, so... I'm I mean, sure. if you're not trading, maybe you're all, you're all in on your point of we can be great by yeah, the end of no, the season. Yeah, I, no, I, I, I might just keep him now. I mean, what, what am I going to do with a fourth rounder, a fifth rounder? That ain't going to do anything for me. So I would just as soon keep him. Um, and then on the defensive side of the ball, obviously you got, you know, Miles Garrett. and, and uh, you When know. he wants to play, he's a beast. Yeah. Did you see his, his costume, man? Yeah, the thing from Stranger dude Things the, or whatever. Dude is the biggest, like, Halloween. He, he literally did the Michael Jackson Thriller dance yes, he after did. he got the sack. Yes, like, he he's did. all up into the Halloween stuff. And his, his front yard's all decorated. We saw it last year. It was tombstones. He had apparently he had a, 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 a burrow up suspended in the air or something. And he got him last night. Yeah. He was able to get the sack. Um. Garrett's, so, Garrett's a man. It, it, it's he is weird. a great player. He, he doesn't look human. He's so big. Yeah. No. No. It's a. Uh, it, it's a. It's a. It's a hell of a team. It's a hell of a defense. There's man. one thing in the NFL we know, maybe two, but Buffalo Bills are the one certainty. Mm-hmm. The rest of it's been pretty crazy. Yeah. I mean, look at the Giants. What are they? Five and three now, or whatever it is. Like you got maybe it's five and two. 
uh, or six is are they six and two? Whatever it is, mm-hmm. like you got some crazy, you got some crazy stuff happening in the NFL this year. Yeah, it, it, it is a week to week league. We, I mean, there are some things we like we we know at the bottom, right? We I mean, Philly who, looks pretty solid too. Phil, I mean, I mean, I, honestly, I think we. Well, I, I think what we, else they can do? I think we know the 49ers are on the on the right trajectory here. I mean, they're going to be a team. I mean, Philly and San Francisco feels like the NFC championship. 49ers, game. Dallas or Minnesota, which one's the greater threat to Philly? 49ers, every that's yeah. not even like, not even a question. I don't buy Minnesota at all. I I'm selling. Well, they're begging for Buy, sell, short, go to Reddit. <laughs> sell, bro. Yeah. Sell right now. I'm selling the 49ers or excuse me, uh the Vikings. I guess I'd short them. I guess I'd rather short them because they're, I, I, you know, they look good right now. Yeah, but I'm shorting them because yeah. uh, I, I don't buy them. I don't buy them for one second. It's interesting. You were talking about odds for the division, AFC North. This is FanDuel. Uh, Browns plus fourteen hundred for that division. Now you got the Ravens are in there. I, I get it, man. I get it. But I, I just, I'm not so impressed by the Ravens. You know, I mean, they got uh, Rashad Bateman's out. Yeah, you know, for a few weeks here. Um, and, and uh, you know, what, what's their schedule look like? They got the Saints on November the 7th. Yep. Who are, They're 3-5 you know, and five right Monday now. Monday nighter. Yeah. They might have saved their season. Bills on the 20th. Yeah, their, their, their schedule is really, yeah, really, really weak. Uh, they've already played the Bills, Brad. I'm sorry, that was early. Do they play them? Uh, they, play the Ra- they play the Panthers on November the 20th. Okay. Um, I Ravens don't know. Ravens going to win the division. Yeah, they are. They, just, they added my boy. They, what they needed in the middle was that middle Tom linebacker. Brown. They got Roquan. Yeah, oh, the, I was thinking of Brown. The, the, sorry. The, the schedule is too weak. I mean, because you got the Saints, Panthers, Jags, Broncos, Steelers, Browns, Falcons, Steelers, Bengals. I mean, they're going to find five in there. Ravens. Yeah. Ravens. Yeah. yeah. On the upswing. Watch. Defense okay. about to get better. Yeah. Uh, NBA, Miles Turner. Would help the Lakers. Is that cap or no cap, gentlemen? Well, it's no cap. He would help because it's pretty bad. Uh, Lakers, uh, oddly enough, are second in the league in defense. As bad as they are, one in what? What are they? One in five beat yep. Denver to get their lone win. Got there, there are issues with three point shooting. Now, John tells me Miles Turner could still knock that thing down, uh, even as he's getting a little longer in the tooth here in his career. Uh, anybody that can come in and knock down an open three for them would help. Uh, again, it needs to be Miles Turner and something else though. It can't just be Miles Turner. You better get Buddy Heald or something else in that deal if you're going to give two first-rounders up with Westbrook to make it happen. Miles Turner alone doesn't get it done, but, yes, he improves that team. He's got to be part of a deal if it's really going to make the Lakers a a, a, a borderline playoff team because right now they're at the bottom. Yeah, Miles Turner is a good player. Uh, I've, I've watched a little bit of the, uh, of the Pacers because I've had uh, some action. And Miles Turner, I didn't know this. Like he actually can step out and shoot a little bit more than I thought. Um, he's averaging thirteen and seven uh, this season. He was three of four against the Wizards on the twenty eighth from three. So yeah, I mean I, I do. I think he's a really good player. He's a great defender. He is a great defender. It's going down since he shot thirty eight percent in eighteen nineteen yeah. on those three. No, on that three point percent. It's not as good. It's not as good. But he just needs to change the scenery, man. He needs to change the scenery. Um, so, yeah, I think Miles Turner would actually go a long way in solidifying. It doesn't make the Lakers a championship contender. It does not. But, okay, now you have a third-best player. That's, the, that's what you have. You have a – right now, who's your third-best player on the you, Lakers? You, you better be asking for Buddy Heald, who is shooting 43% from three and averaging 18 points per game. That would be your guy. You'd rather have Buddy Heald than Miles Turner? No, he both of them. Are That's there, part of a, a package, bro. You think they can get both of those guys? That I mean, people have talked about if there's going to be a scenario, that's yeah. 
that's what you want. You're not taking Miles Turner by himself. No, just, Buddy Heald's good. Buddy Heald's a good player. Yeah, that would Buddy Heald and Miles yeah. Turner again. Yeah, no, that I, puts you in the playoff conversation. You're back sure. in. There's your third player. There's yeah. your shooter who's been immensely hot all season long from three. My question is, why would Indiana do that? Just because? I mean, because they're just trying to totally tear the it down. Two first rounders. Where are they getting this year? Yeah. It's about it's about the future for them, right? And about the getting the Lakers to come yeah, off a second it, first it, round. It's, it's, it's honestly it's the same reason why the uh, the Spurs traded Dejounte Murray, right? Because he was twenty five, twenty six. You're kind of in an awkward. By the time you're good again, he's going to be thirty. It's just not it's not the right time. So yeah, no, I I would definitely do it if I'm the Lakers. I would not even think twice about it. Yes, it's going to cost you some first rounders, but what are you holding on to you, those? You for? got Matherin, and you know who's untouchable? Halliburton. Mm-hmm. Long as I got that, yep. I'm good. I, I, give me the two first rounders, and I'm planning for the future. And in East right now, I'm not ready to compete in. What am I three and five? I'm not doing anything this year. Yeah. So again, and healed, super attractive. If if you're if you're the Lakers, so yeah. Uh, so anyway, there you there you have it. Uh, familiar names. Uh, apparently coming up for the Mississippi State AD job. Get into that a little bit later in the show. Jessica Benson going to join us on the other side. Stick around. Jason and John, how do you turn to FM ESPN? Start NFL Week 9 off right with a no-sweat same-game parlay from FanDuel. You know they're America's number one sportsbook. Doesn't matter if you're new to FanDuel or if you've already got an account, you'll get free bets back if your Thursday night same-game parlay doesn't hit. NFL same-game parlay is the perfect way to combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payday. So you're coming up on Thursday night. How about Davis Mills under on the passing yards. Jalen Hurts over on the rushing at A.J. Brown anytime TD. That's how you do it. You can build your own like that or pick from one of the popular SGPs that are pre-built for you in FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. you got to check it out. However you want to play, you can bet the NFL on Thursday night with a no-sweat same-game parlay. Again, just sign up with the promo code JSmith if you don't already have an account. If you already have FanDuel, you're all set. Just sign on in. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NFL and of 929FM ESPN. Must be 21 or older and present in Tennessee. Three-plus legs. Minimum dollar bet required. Refund issued is now withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after receipt. Max free bet, five bucks. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call Tennessee Redline 1-800-889. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Jessica Benson is the host of Rise and Grind. 
part of the Grizz Radio Network. It hasn't been as much fun here lately, but uh, you know what? That's the beauty of the NBA. You got a game in like a day. She joins us now. What's up, JB? What's up? How's it going? All is good. All is good here uh, on the show. So what's the right way to, to, to look at the last couple of games for the Memphis Grizzlies? Give us a dose of perspective. My dose of perspective is everyone needs to chill out. <laughs> it's so early in this year. And sure, does it feel good to lose two games in a row? No. It's an 82-game season. It's early on. And I was reflecting earlier this morning on Rise and Grind when you talk about just how bad it felt last year before it felt really, really good as the Grizzlies go on to win 56 and get the two-seed in the West and all the fun memories to come. Like, when they were 9-10, and 10, it felt bad. They had lost. Six games for 20-plus, giving up 120 in each of those six. And that night that John Morant went down against the Atlanta Hawks, like I just remember turning to John Roser next to me and we just just sighed. Like it felt so heavy and so miserable. And then guess what? This team turned around and defied odds and learned how to play with different lineups on any given night. And players grew into new roles and accepted, you know, added responsibility when necessary. And it became a plug-and-play type system for Taylor Jenkins. So I think it's just a matter of, some time. Now, yes, I do think a, a big piece of it is you're continuing to be without Jaron Jackson Jr., so him returning is critical to this team reaching its full potential. And I think last night was a prime example of just how important Desmond Bain is now, especially offensively, in giving John Morant a secondary primary option because John Morant can go out there and put up 37, but he was all by himself last night. And there's only so many times where he can magician the Grizzlies into a win when there's not a very... Mm, I don't want to say no supportive cast because everyone's still out there, but you just got to get more than what that supporting cast was giving you last night in Utah. Just I was telling uh, uh, John and, and Brad that I would be, you know, more concerned if there wasn't a good vibe about Jaron, right? In in terms of right. him in him getting back, and you, you pointed that out. I mean, you're not, you're not whole right now. We know how key he is to that defense, but doesn't it? I mean, doesn't it feel like it's you know maybe sooner than later you're looking at, and and hopefully it's this month, but that. You have Jaron back, isn't? Do you have the same vibe? Exactly. I mean, the calendar turns to it's November first, and not only does it mean that we can move into Christmas season, because I am now of the the mind that once Halloween is over, we can go full blast into the holiday spirit, and the most joyous way to celebrate would be for Jaron to get back. But you're right; the vibe feels good. Like it doesn't feel like there has been any kind of monumental step back. And of course, the Grizzlies are always keeping injury news and these kind of things tight to the vest, but it feels like Jaron is inching his way, and you know he's itching to get back out there with this group too. And that's where, when you look at from the team's ability last season to operate no matter who's in the lineup, well, the one constant was Jaron. Like, he only missed four games last season, and Mm -hmm. so that's going to play an integral part into especially defensively this team finding its identity. They haven't found it. It's seven games into the year. So just don't even elevate your finger over the panic button. With you. Uh, obviously, you want to get better defensively. You need to clean things up. You need to get better, especially uh, defending the three-point line. You need to make free throws, share the ball a little bit more, all categories that the Grizzlies can improve on. Um, but, yes, overall, I think the vibe of Jaron coming back feels positive. With so you, I'm very hopeful for that. With you 100%. On Zaire who we figure will be such a key part of the rotation, second unit, whatever it's going to be when he does get back. You get the news on the four to six. Have you changed your expectations at all 
for him. And, and, and I could apply the same logic. Look, this is a short stretch of what's hopefully a long NBA career for him. But, it, but he is young, and, and every game counts for him. Have you changed expectations for him at all or what you hope for him this year based on the fact that he's you know, going to be out a few more weeks here? It's, 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 it's a significant stretch at this point. Yeah, it's significant. But I think looking how Zaire developed from the beginning of last season – to the end of the season. I mean, people were ready to count him out and call him a bust early in the season last year. And then he developed into now a a critical piece of the Grizzlies rotation. And when we're mentioning who they're without, it's like, oh, well, also without Zaire Williams. So I have a strong belief in his ability and just his overall, his knowledge of the game, his way that he attacks preparation, continues to look forward in improvement. I think it's it's disappointing that he's missing the stretch, but I don't think it's by any means critical in the leap that he can still take here in year two. What's the you know, and, and I've, sort, I've sort of asked a variation of this before, but I do think like as an organization, you're sitting back and you're watching these things as they happen. And you have a lot of pieces and you have a lot of maneuverability. Like, what's the balance between like, and again, they've done a great job of taking that long view. But what's the balance between okay, I'm evaluating as a front office what's happening through seven games. We maybe don't have this. We don't have that. And 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 putting that next to well, injuries and you know we don't have the full complement. Like, what is the balance between game to game, watching what's happening on the court, and and saying okay, now is the time to evaluate a move. Like, what does that balance look like in practice? That's the tricky piece, and that's where Taylor Jenkins and his staff did such a primo job of it last season you see them kind of like unleash the secret sauce of oh whoever the Grizzlies are playing at any given night like they're going to succeed they're going to be put in positions to succeed because of how the system plays out so you have to sit in that space of, of trusting in coach Jenkins and trusting in the front office that the pieces are there I think where the biggest difference is this year is that some of those pieces are rookies and you're requiring a lot more uh, as necessary from a guy like Jake LaRavia or from a David Roddy here earlier, even Kennedy Chandler getting these spot minutes here and there. And so when they're rookies, you have to expect there to be growing pains, especially early in the season. And again, like even just going back to what I was saying about Zaire Williams, like you have to allow for that growth to happen. So you can't pull the plug too quickly on someone based on the necessity of getting in-game NBA minutes to help with that overall development. What do you make of that Utah team, Jess, that we all thought would be tanking coming into the year? But if you look at the at, at the pieces, it actually does add up to something that's uh, well certainly capable capable of beating you. You know, two out of three nights. What, what do you make of where this Utah team will be by the end? Are they selling off pieces, or does you know who the, the brain trust Ainge, whoever saying you know what we're gonna we're gonna keep a lot of these guys and tinker with what we've got, try to be competitive right now. Danny Ainge did too good a job, and I think they're in a pickle because I'm not quite sure what you do after you know witnessing them and watching two full games against the Grizzlies. They have some really fun pieces. And like you said, the point is they fit together. They yeah. don't necessarily have a star, but right now they don't need a star. They're operating with quite a few like, dynamic guys who would be awesome six men, and now they're operating out there as a unit. Working more and marketing has been phenomenal and I started seeing like trickles and ooh this is a Laurie Markin and all-star season early on and I was like oh okay that's cute and then watching him play like oh there's something to back that up right now be it Jordan Clarkson be it Malik Beasley Colin Sexton coming off the bench for you it just feels like they have a different person who can step up any given night Kelly Olenek we saw him the other night in the first game against the Grizzlies and then Mike Conley kind of just steady there as 
as the good old conductor like the olden days. They're an exciting team. This 6-2 and two start, I don't believe it to be a fluke. I think they're built to compete, and so the Jazz are going to have a very serious discussion coming up on what kind of team do you want to be this season. We're talking to Jessica Benson, joining us every single Tuesday here on the show Catcher on Rise and Grind at Grind City Media, Grizz Radio Network here on 92.9. Uh, I want to turn you to college football. Now, obviously you know as a representative of the Pac-12 that you are not <laughs> relevant to this discussion. Thank but, you for but, the reminder. <laughs> but every year there is a college football playoff that is held. Um, and my question to you is, if Tennessee loses this weekend to Georgia, I believe they will. Others do not. Uh, if Tennessee does not get the win this weekend against Georgia, can they make the college football playoff? They can because unlike the Pac-12 where the whole world is working against you and you don't have the reputation of succeeding in the college football playoff, uh, the SEC doesn't have that reputation. The SEC is the king of college football. And thus, if you are a Tennessee team and your one sole loss in the regular season comes to Georgia, especially if Georgia goes on to win the SEC, right. um, I think you just have to look at the overall body of work. You have to look at how high-powered that offense is, how Hennon Hooker continues to evolve in the Heisman conversation. Uh, by all means, I don't think a loss this weekend completely tanks Tennessee's season. As a wonderful fan of the Pac-12, that bums me out because I do think, whether it be Oregon, USC, UCLA, there, there is fun things happening on the West Coast this season. Uh, but the Southeastern Conference is always going to hold a little heavier weight. I'm so excited for that game next Saturday. So, I, I think Tennessee wins. What would have to happen? Wow. What would have to happen yeah. is, if again, a stipulating a Tennessee loss. They may not. They may win. But if they do lose this weekend, what would have to happen is Georgia definitely wins the SEC championship game, no questions asked. They beat Alabama, hand Alabama its, its second loss. So you're, they're out. And then do you need TCU to lose is the, is, the, is the big question. Do you need them to lose, or would the committee still go with the one-loss Tennessee team over TCU with the wins that Tennessee has picked up? I think it's so unfair to TCU but I think it, it wouldn't matter. I also, I actually think TCU is a, a very solid football team. I've really enjoyed watching Max Duggan this season and what he's done with that offense. But the Big 12 is so chaotic, I'm not convinced that TCU goes the rest of the way winning out. Just because right. just the weirdest stuff happening. Like Oregon State or Oklahoma State getting shellacked by Kansas State over the weekend. It made no sense, but it happened, and you're watching it. So it just feels like the Big 12 is a little tricky when it comes to that. And then, again, it goes back to – their reputation. I, I really do see a world where it's Tennessee, Georgia, Ohio State, and Michigan, and here you are sitting with two teams from the SEC and two teams from the Big Ten. In, in 2014, I can't remember, maybe maybe you don't either, but I, I, I recall the Big 12 being snubbed then. Did they have an undefeated team, though? I feel like that is like... Uh, 2014? Yeah, I feel like that was the year. Maybe I'm, I'm misremembering here, but there was a year where the Big 12... The, the Big 12 probably always feels like it's snubbed, but I don't know. It just it feels It feels hard to imagine an undefeated TCU team being left out, even though I could make the argument quite easily. And I, I wonder, like, would the committee make the same argument? Like, TCU's strength of schedule is so much weaker than Tennessee's. I mean, the Big 12 would riot. I mean, it would be, you know, it, it, would, it would be nonstop coverage that an, an undefeated team was left out of the playoff, and they're in the Power Five. We're not talking about Cincinnati here. Um, I don't know. I just wonder, would they make that argument, and would that would that be heard? That yeah, TCU is undefeated, but who are they playing every week? They're playing, you know, they're playing Iowa State. They're playing unranked Texas. Meanwhile, Tennessee is out here playing a, a gauntlet every single week against a ranked team. 
you know, uh, that you, you do have to reward that. I think that's probably the right decision. I just don't know if they have the wherewithal to make it. Right, and that's where, you know, going out of the archaic BCS system and putting it in the hands of a playoff committee, you're supposed to have that kind of not just what the numbers are telling you, but the eyeball test, too. I mean, TCU's beaten a handful of teams who were playing with their backup quarterbacks at this point as right, well. So right. you factor everything into the mix of things. If Tennessee's beating everyone at full strength, except for Georgia, right. I just think I think reputation plays such a big part. I, as much as I hate to say it, it pains me to say it. The SEC, it just means more. It's annoying, but it's true. And that certainly plays a part when there are real human beings making the decision of who is the four best teams in the country. Jess, if you were new Auburn AD John Cohen, who'd be your first <laughs> call in terms of finding that next football coach for Auburn? I mean, my first call is Lane Kiffin, but if I'm Lane Kiffin, I don't necessarily want to go to Auburn. I, CJ and I got in this argument this morning. Auburn just feels like you're walking into a door with the flames already already tempered in the background, ready to overhaul you at this point. Like It just seems like a very tenuous situation, and Lane Kiffin is nice and comfy cozy in Oxford. But you have to at least make the call, right? I think so. I, I, I wonder about would Lane who could get maybe one of those 10-year, $100 million deals, would that be enough to lure you? Because Ole Miss is stipulated, right, on the, in terms of Mississippi State, in terms of the, the length of contract. I know they could, you know they could lock him in pretty good, but that, you know, that, that old, if he got a Jimbo from Auburn, could you turn it down? <laughs> That's, and no. When you're asking me, I'm never turning down that not. amount of money, and I think it becomes impossible almost to turn down that kind of money. So, yeah, yeah. And, they, the and they've shown that they're willing to pay, and they're about to pay Brian Harson with a $15 million not to cook. So mm-hmm. they have money to throw around with those Auburn boosters, and if you're looking at that big of a number, no matter what the circumstances are, it's really hard to turn well, that what you That's what you got to go to uh, GCM. You got the Jimbo deal. Yeah. Yeah, I'm still, I'm still waiting for that to kick in. I'm, I'm going to go buy my Powerball ticket because no one won again last night. No, no calls to Hugh Freeze, Jess, after <laughs> Lane turns you down? I think you're looking at a call to Hugh Freeze after that. Someone who I really think they should be looking at uh, is Kenny Dillingham, oh, yeah. former Memphis Connection, current Oregon offensive coordinator. He's done tremendous things with that Ducks program. He's so young, um, one of the youngest in college football still as a coordinator, and I think that's your next, next call. Did you happen to see, uh, this is off the beaten path, did you happen to see Heidi Klum's uh, Halloween costume last oh, night? Oh, did I see the worm? That is, like, that is, that is, uh, that is unbelievable. This is it a is commitment. Uh, that is very disturbing. And, and well done. <laughs> and, well, I mean, this is a, there is a person in here, Jason. Okay? Well, Are you showing him? It's yeah, so no, gross. He, he just I turned his it. computer. That's nasty. Yeah, that's. The way the, the, way the lips are a part of the costume and yeah, I, I've stared at this far too long. I got Chris sent this to me during the show this morning with the caption WTF, and I've just been lost in it ever since. Heidi Klum always does the weirdest Halloween costume. It's one of my favorite part of the holiday season to see what she comes up with, and this is just bizarre. Yeah, this is uh, this is very very uh, disturbing indeed. But you know, yeah, it's it's go, go bigger. Go. I, I wore a bluey shirt. You know, I, I'm past the point of effort at the you know at this stage in my life. My daughter had. You didn't a, dress up with your daughter. I had a bluey shirt on that said "Dad." Mm. That's you know that's the mm. uh, that's the extent of it these days. Uh, maybe when she's older and like she really wants to like get into it. We were doing the trick or treat thing. She didn't even know what was going on. She didn't. She can't even eat candy. John hated it. It was because it's like who is this? Who is this fun for? It ain't fun for her, and it ain't fun for me. It ain't fun for anybody. It's just I'm walking, and, and she wanted to be held. She's thirty pounds. I'm you know. 
It's like now I will say the one thing she was like a little celebrity because she had on this bluey costume. Yeah, a, about to tell you how cute. A, a, a couple of kids walked by and said, uh, "Bluey, we love you!" Like she was like a rock star. <laughs> you know, better, yeah. that was funny. My kid had last night. That was Jason. Definitely what your son dressed up as? Uh, he dressed up as a skeleton and a man in our okay. neighborhood. I, I told my wife she went out too early. She took him out at five fifteen. A man in the neighborhood Ooh. was just getting home from work, and he said, "Get out of here." <laughs> He told him he wasn't ready yet, and he told them to get out of here. Yeah, to go away. I mean, that's a, that is an early, early trick or treat. I feel like maybe, maybe well, six. I, yeah. I did. I did use it as ammo later and told her. I said you just went out too early. But again, fate's big on you. Got to let people. Uh, you got to let people get home from work. I exactly. That's what in. I told her I mean, when she was going out the door. But he, he, in in her defense, he did come back with a bucket full of it. That's that's all, that's that, all matters. that matters. I tell you what, that that Germantown neighborhood life, man, that's the one you 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 don't live in that neighborhood. You come up to it though. You go there. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You go to the Germantown. Speaking out. Yeah, because that's. I will say, after going out to two Halloween parties in a row with Chris, I think that's the ultimate like understanding that maybe you're ready to almost have kids because I'm not built to go out two days in a row. I am ready for that trick or treating life. Take the kid out, mm. get the candy, eat their candy. I think mm. I think we're inching closer after Halloween. Yeah, but there's a lot of there's a Give lot of steps. Life. I don't know. There's a lot of steps in between that time, <laughs> JB. All right, you're gonna be in the trenches. You're gonna be in the trenches. Just be prepared because you'll be in the trenches <laughs> for about uh, I'm gonna say at least eight months. You're going to be okay, in the- well, the trenches are what keeps pushing this timeline back a little bit further. So thanks. We'll just keep living our dink life. If, I, I, if I was going to write a book about uh, becoming a father, it would be called In the Trenches. And it would be, <laughs> and it would be about the first eight months. And it's, this is real talk. It would be the, the first eight months. Because you don't know what you don't know before you have that kid. And it, right. and it just flips everything. I mean, it tests your marriage. It tests your, yourself, your, your own limits. And that's, you know, I'm not even coming at it from the woman's perspective. I can't even begin to imagine that. So I would write the book called In the Trenches about being a parent and becoming a parent. You're really selling it. You're selling yeah. it hard. Yeah, that's what I'm here for. I'm, I'm here for the dose <laughs> of real talk, all right? It's beautiful. Thanks. It's beautiful, but you got to earn that beauty. You got to earn that beauty, and it ain't easy. It ain't easy. JB, appreciate the time Thank as you, always. JB. Have a good one, you guys. See ya. See you, Jessica Benson. Join us every single Tuesday here on the show. Yeah, I would say, uh, I would say it started to get because my buddy, uh, one of my childhood friends, who you uh, who you eliminated in basketball. He just had his first child, oh. Tyler Griggs. He had his first Shout out uh, to Tyler. baby boy. Uh, everybody's happy I like and healthy. Tyler. Yeah, and um, and I and he did. He, he just had his first night at home. Oh. You know, uh, on on uh, Monday, and I said, "Hey, man, is this going to be tough? There's no way around it. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you." I would write a book, and it would be called "Have One." That's a good book. Not have, have one. I'd probably read that book. Um, yeah, I think I, that's that was the book that my wife and I wrote. But I would, I would, I would say if I was describing to somebody that's having a child or thinking about it, it gets really hard, and then it continues to get hard, and then eventually it gets easier, and then hard again. It's true. Yeah, it probably gets hard again. I, I'm not there yet, but I could you see can, it. I could absolutely see it. I can envision it right now. I can envision it because she's now getting into this. You know, she's opening doors. Yep. She's you know got. You know, attitude now, you know, she doesn't like to, okay, she doesn't like to put on clothes, right. she's rebelling, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. So I can see where, all right, you're not the agreeable little munchkin that you were 
at 11 months where everything's funny and la la la. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I could see where the worms start to turn. Well, here I a like bit. Chris's age. That's the age our, I enjoyed. Our kids' age ranges represent all of that. You're yeah. you're you're tough where you're at. Mm-hmm. With me at eight, Beautiful. easy. Love and with it. where Brad just said, you just heard. But see, gonna get hard again as they become as they are teenagers and, who are yeah. becoming more and more independent by the day. Yes. I think right? you, it needs you less and Jason less. Jason nailed it. it so that we, is we represent all three of those groups, John. On just, just starts tough, gets easier. Yep. Then gonna Brad nailed it. Gonna get hard again. Yeah. yeah especially, especially as they go out into the world, bro. And I've got a girl. You too, got less so and less control. control. Oh, boy. And I think the age that I'm in is harder for girls. Oh, I, I have no doubt. I have no doubt about Cubescent it. Pubescent age. You know, <sighs> boys are stupid too, though. You know, I mean, boys do dumb things. I, I think about myself as a teenager. Man, I did some dumb they stuff. They are, but they're not as big a, pardon me, what I'm about to say, they're not as big a bitches as some of these girls. Wow. Holy moly. Wow. I'm sorry. I am November sorry. November 1st, 2022, Brad day calling the young girls. I'm not, I'm not painting with a broad brush. Wow. I said some. I wasn't painting with a broad brush. I said some. So just let me, uh, don't, don't cancel me. That's not up to me. That's no. not up to me. That's up to the audience to decide. Do not cancel me. I'm just saying. Generally, friends take. of mine who have had female teenagers generally say a little harder than the male teenager. Yeah, I just I don't know. I think I think women are smarter than men. I do. A hundred percent. They so, are. So like that is that is one thing that I will have going for me. Right. Yes, that's ideally. True. Ideally, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Like you're gonna, they think in a different gonna, part yeah, of their for, body. You're going to you're going to be a better problem solver than I was. And you're going to think about these things, right? That I did not and did not care about. And through, you know, I'm driving around 65 miles an hour. Who knows what's in the car? Got Lil Wayne on. Only once the drugs are done. You know, like that. <laughs> you should have. You should have seen Brad. You just mentioned. It. I rocked my kid's world uh, a couple of weeks ago when I told him he's got two brains. Yeah. I said. You, <laughs> I said you got a big brain and a little brain. My man. And my I man. said you need to listen to the big one because the little one can get you in trouble. <laughs> he asked me where his little brain was. You'll find out later. Yeah. I told him it's down there in that thing of yours. That that's a good. It, you should have seen how he flipped his wig. Flipped his wig. But I'm telling him early, John. Good timing. I'm That's telling right. him early. We, We're breaking uh, him in. We have some massive breaking news in the oh. NBA that we will get to uh, when we come back. Stick around. Jason and John, 90 FM, ESPN. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.